we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with the season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Good morning, USA! 
Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Yes, it's Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week. Oh man, we here. What's happening? How y'all feeling? Man, that Mega Millions jackpot is over a billion dollars. Woo! Man, clearly nobody won. Nobody won. Yes, there was some. You know, ticket winners, people won like a million dollars here and there, but no big winners. I got to check mine. Nobody in this room won. No. I didn't even we play. All here. I'm about yeah. to play now. Yeah. Oh. I think I will come to work if I won still for a few days. Because uh, you don't want everybody to know yet. Who's going to know? I just say I got COVID. Then I'll be down there cashing I my check. I still come to work and I'll feel be, good about I'm it. I'm going to say I got COVID. I'm going to be down there cashing my check. And then, you know, I'm going to pray and just see what God takes me in life. <laughs> yeah. See what God wants me. Say, come in. I'm not, I'm not even going to say I got COVID. I'm just going to change my number on you. A Billy? I don't know what I would do, to be honest with you. We, yeah, all, say, we all say what we would do when we get that, 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 that hit, that, hit that Mega Millions, but who knows? I play the Mega Millions all the time, though. This ain't nothing new. I play Mega Millions and Powerball all the time. I've been playing Powerball since it came to South Carolina as part of the Powerball, uh, South Carolina Education Lottery. So it's just a habit at this point. Now, if you cash out, you get about $600 million. I'm fine with that. That's cool. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm one point seven billion. How does, how does that gonna look on the one sign? One billion. Yeah, one billion. Oh, it's one billion. One point oh two five. How that's gonna look on the sign? You know, when you're driving and you see the sign and it says how much. Yeah. You I don't I think ain't it can say. Seen that. No. Mm-mm. That's like when you try to uh, put a number in the calculator and it's too high, so it just end up being a bunch of zeros. Mm. I wonder what that's gonna look like. I wonder if you take that uh, monthly payout or whatever. What that is? I would never take. No, that I would never take I'm that. I'm getting the one lump sum. Yeah, that's people that just don't play lotto. You take that lump sum, sense. keep it moving. That's right. Give me that one you lump pay sum. Pay less taxes though. Who yeah. cares? Why do you need that lump sum? Why not? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to give it to my family, <laughs> give it to people I want to give it to, and friends. Like I ain't waiting to. But you can still allowance. give it. That's a lot of money all the time. Nah, I don't want that. Man, give I don't me that want whole no allowance. Thing. That's right. Give me, give me it's that whole money. lump sum. Give my money, Mr. IRS. That's when people man. go crazy when they get all that money at once. Uncle Sam, take what you need to take, and you know I'll, I'll figure out the rest. Absolutely, we'll be fine. No allowance. And you know what? Um, shout out to uh, Jose, the credit dude. He's been up here yesterday. He had a, a kickball game, his first annual kickball game. Ooh. And what it was was it was people. You really Dominican, bro. Uh, I mean, I just played kickball with Donnell. I mean, you are absolutely my team against Donnell's team. Nah, we did you it because be playing handball in a second. Nah, you stupid. There's so many people that are into whether it's credit, into real estate, into generational wealth, into financial literacy. It was just a bunch of people that are in that space so that you can actually talk to people. So E. Shout out to the brothers Murray and Leisure. They what had a guys? team. Uh, Caesar had a team. Uh, I had a team. The credit dude. And we just had a, a <sighs> huge kickball game. We bodied EYL. Like, it was my team versus EYL. Bodied Rashad and Troy. Bodied them. They was Salute out early. guys, man. Salute to EYL. Uh, we, we actually did lose. But it was just a, a good you fun lost? time. You lost? I thought you said you bodied them. It was, it was a tournament. So, I, I, you know, we beat them out. And then I finally yeah, lost. It doesn't matter. Y'all lost. Yeah, we did lose. But Salute to EYL, it was man. a good time because people were able to ask questions about <laughs> real estate. While they were and, playing and, kickball? Yeah, because it was a whole event. So not every team was playing at the same time. So while two teams are playing, other people are just walking around talking to people. And then two more teams are playing, and then you're talking to people. So they people got a chance to, to, to get the knowledge that they needed to ask questions about whether it was credit or real estate or stocks or crypto or whatever it may be, which was pretty dope. And the event was free, so there, it was no... You, no charge and nothing like that. It was just a, a give back event. So it was pretty dope yesterday. Man, when we played Donnell's team, it was the streets versus the creeks. And my team was the streets. We killed Donnell, but Donnell injured himself early on in the game. He pulled something. So he couldn't even play. In kickball? Yes. <laughs> Salute to my guys, EYL, though, man. Uh, they got yeah. Invest Fest August 5th through the 7th. 
in Atlanta, I'll be out there uh, on the 6th. And then, you know, EYL, they're doing the Black Effect Podcast Festival on August 28th in uh, Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. You know, so go get your tickets at blackeffect.com slash podcast festival. Yeah, they're going to be hanging out with me this Sunday. We're doing a, a, a seminar in the city. They're going to be speaking on that. So shout out to those brothers. But let's get the show cracking. Mm -hmm. All right. Front page news. What are we talking about? All right. Well, we already talked about the Mega Millions. So let's talk about Brittany Griner. She will testify in a Russian court. As her trial continues, we'll tell you about the message that she sent to her partner. My man, Young Dolph. Man. Rest in peace, Dolph. Brother would have been 37 years old today. Brother didn't even really get to live, man. Dropping a cruise bombs for Young Dolph. Mm -hmm. That's why I, I'll never understand people who lie about their age or hide their age. Every year is truly a blessing, man. Absolutely. That brother would have been only 37 years old today. Imagine 30. You know how young 37 is? Mm -hmm. Come on, man. All right. Well, let's get in some front page news. What are we starting, Yeezy? All right, well, Brittany Griner is expected to testify in a Russian courtroom today. It's part of her ongoing trial on drug charges. She's facing, as you know, up to 10 years in prison. So they did confirm that she is testifying, and uh, prosecutors will also have the opportunity to question her. She pleaded guilty at the court near Moscow earlier this month, a decision that the defense hopes will be taken into account by the court and perhaps give her a less severe sentence. They're really dragging this. I mean, Jesus Christ. It was just a vape cartridge, Russia. Jeez. Now, now, in the meantime, she had a message for her wife, Sherelle Griner, who recently graduated from law school. Here is what she said. Do you want to say something to Sherelle? Good luck on the bar exam. How do you feel? Do you have any complaints? No, no complaints. She said no complaints, just waiting patiently, but she did wish her good luck on the bar exam, and she was... Uh, she was holding up two photographs, and she said, my wife, my two best friends, my teammates, those were the photographs. Mm. Well, hold your head, Brittany. It'll be all, be all, it'll come to a conclusion soon. All right, the United States now leads the globe in confirmed monkeypox cases, according to new data that was published by the CDC. And so there is a total of 3,846 known monkeypox ca cases as of Monday. And that surpasses um, Spain and Germany. They have about 3,100 and 2,300 Can you just tell me about it? Because I, I, I'm not going to front. I, I've heard about it, but I really don't know much about it. How long do you have it for? Do you have to, you know, quarantine for five days? And is there, you know, what can you take for it? Is there... Well, symptoms vaccine. usually start within... Yeah, they do have a vaccine. That's mm -hmm. been hard to get, by the way. You have to make an appointment to get one. Um, now, the symptoms usually start within three weeks of exposure to the virus. So Damn, they anticipate... There may be an increase in cases throughout the month, and it typically occurs through close contact for an extended period of time or contact with articles of clothing, bedding, towels that have been in contact. Here's a guy who actually has monkeypox, and here's what he had to say about it. If you hear of a friend or a loved one that has this, message them, support them, ask them if they need anything, just let them know that they're not some kind of pariah, that they're not dirty, and that it's going to be okay, it's not lethal. It's just very temporary, and it's scary for the moment. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, the vast majority of those cases, 99% of the cases reported domestically have been related to male-to-male -male sexual contact. Why do they and, keep saying that? And they did confirm that two children in the U.S. tested positive for monkeypox. One case has occurred in a toddler who is a resident of California, and the other is an infant who is a non-U.S. resident. Do you realize how much of a negative stereotype that is when they keep saying that it's spread mostly through man-on-man -man sex? Because anybody who gets it, you know, now they're going to be uh, open to, to, to ridicule and being teased and being called gay. And what if they're not? 
Like, you can't say, hey, it's mostly spread by uh, people through man-on-man sex, then turn around and say, but it's not exclusive to them. Like, why even put that well, out there? Well, 99% is a huge percentage, though. I guess they're just putting out the facts. But it's, so it it's, is, And then they say it's not an STD. Like, it, once again, they're putting out all this information about something that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, no, I guess they're putting out the facts. And how long does it last when you do have it? I don't know how long it lasts. I'm sure it differs and varies in from person to person. I just wonder so how long it runs through the system. You said nine, how much you said? You said 99%. Nine, it's nine, from nine, male to male sexual contact. So if you're not having male to male sexual contact, you shouldn't have to worry about it. Well, there's, there's a 1% chance you can get it. And there's, I mean, these infants, we just told you about two children that have so it. So if it's a 1% chance of people who are not uh, having male to male sex contact getting it, why are they putting it in the news every single day? I just don't understand why they say that. They turn around and say, it's not exclusive to uh, gay men. That makes no sense to me. I don't know why they putting the target on gay men's back like that. That makes no sense. All right, well, that is your front page news. That makes sense to you? It does not. Oh, okay. It, it does not. I mean, obviously, these infants didn't have... That's my th- point! You know, but, so they, but if 99% is, a, like is a huge percentage... I guess they're giving out facts, but... letting it, you know, like, that's mainly how it spreads. Then they say it's not an STD, and they say it's not exclusive to gay men, so why keep highlighting but the fact careful, that it's spread it through spread, man right. sex? That makes no sense to me. It's more of a risk in that community, is what they're saying. Hmm. All right, well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. We'd love to hear from you. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what up, man? It's T.I. the 803. What up, bro? Metro! Get it off your chest. Uh, Jenkinsville, Charlemagne. You know I got to represent. Jenkinsville, what's happening, King? Ain't nothing, man. I got a few things I want to get off my chest, man. But I'm going to hurry up because I know y'all hang up on me. No, envy be hanging up on people. I don't, but... Hey, hey. He hung up on me yesterday. I was the one that called about to another player in See? Yeah, just hang up on me. But anyway, Mm -hmm. yeah, I want to give a shout-out to the... The person who took my four hundred dollars out of my account. What? And Bank of America. Yeah, I, yeah, I got hit. All the way from Los Angeles, and Bank of America. Shout out to them too for giving me the run around about my money. How the hell they just took four hundred dollars out? You sure you didn't try to turn? You didn't try to turn four hundred to four thousand, bro? On Instagram. I, so I go to work, man. I don't, I don't mess with the scams and the PPP loans. All that dude. Okay. But yeah, they got me. Man, I get a bank. Bank of America just give me the house. Shout out to them. All and, right. Um, yeah, and Charlemagne, I, I know you like comedy and all that, man. So this time you were South Carolina, August the fifth, man, at the Crystal Ballroom. My boy Johnny Mack, straight out of Fairfield, Winsboro. Hey, he funny. He, he up and coming. He'll be real wild soon. But check him out, man. Uh, if anybody around at the Crystal Ballroom, Johnny uh, Mack, Crystal Ballroom, yeah, Spartanburg, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Eight six four. I will do, sir. All righty. Hello, who's this? Uh, Gene. Gene from New Jersey. Hey, Gene, what up? Get it off your chest. Yeah, I have an issue I want to get off my chest, man. I have a problem. Uh, first of all, good morning to everybody. Good morning. Uh, good morning. My issue is with Charlamagne. I don't know why nobody got on Charlamagne case. So Charlamagne is the champion for mental health rights, something that I actually uh, am, uh, you know, support. You know, I go to therapy. and uh, But then I heard you make a joke about uh, the guy that came on the radio the other day. He was like, yeah, well... Yeah, he got a problem because that fat woman rolled over on top of him. So I'm like, how you going to champion? <laughs> you can't champion mental health rights, bro, and mental health, and then make offhanded comments 
about people who suffer from mental health issues as a result of issues like obesity. When do you make fun of that? I don't know what he's talking about. You know what you probably heard, bro? No, no, no. I know exactly what I heard. What you, just, uh, one morning, I gave a donkey, gave a donkey, and gave somebody, and you asked specifically uh, what the issue was, and you said, oh, no, the issue was when he rolled over, she rolled over on top of him. Yeah, you know what you probably heard, bro? You probably heard. I know what uh, I heard. You, you want to listen to me or you going <laughs> to cut me off so I can explain? Okay, you probably heard an old clip because what they do is they play old donkeys all the time and play old clips. No, I, I don't think that was old. That was though. An old clip? No, but but I think that you taking it out of context. Like, why? What's the problem with her rolling o- over on top of him? No, the issue with her rolling on top of the the inference that you made was that uh, he should have had an issue with her being heavy and rolling over on top of him. How you get how yeah. you how you how you get that from me saying she she got on top of? <laughs> okay, so. No, I'm asking. I didn't. I, you said I didn't say that. I, I don't remember her being obese. I, but you said that. It's my fault for not remembering the entire. Uh, <laughs> you know. Either way, man. I don't but, know. Either way, uh, there's nothing wrong no, with, with that huh? But that, that's not the only one though. And you know, because I'm a big fan though. By the way, and like the the one that really got under my skin was uh, <laughs> the time when uh, the girl with the, the the baby father who dropped off the food. Yeah, I was dead wrong on that because I've been in McDonald's. Positions. Yeah, and I've been a kid, and so if you're in a relationship with a woman, right? I said, I, I said children, that I said the guy should have bought all the kids food. Really, Charlemagne? That's what I said. I absolutely said the guy should have bought. Hey, really hang up on this guy. Now, nah, hang up on him. I don't. I don't. Really? I, I need you to have your facts straight you told before you talk. You just tell them not to hang up. Now you, you gotta hang up. up. Oh, you're right. You're right. What, okay, you're right. But I, I, well, I, sorry, I, you, I you, got, you gotta, you gotta have your facts straight, brother. I was actually the one that you said gotta do. You got the facts You gotta have your facts straight, brother. And and listen, I'm not perfect. You know what I'm saying? I'm going. I'm going. I'm gonna continue to. I like making jokes. That's part. That's actually part of my mental health routine. That makes me that that brings me joy. All right, well, but get, I I absolutely uh, said that guy should have bought all those kids food. If he, I mean, he might not be able to afford it. I'm not going back to have this debate with you. Me neither. <laughs> okay, this, but he was holding that he was holding that in for a while. Yeah, but you got to have your information right. He didn't have it right. No, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Power one zero five one. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Aisha calling from Virginia, but always ripping Dallas 214. Okay, Dallas, you home? You, are you a Cowboys fan? I am. Let's go. Am. Let's go. <laughs> I'm in Dallas this weekend, actually. Good, good morning, Mama. Good morning, good morning. I just wanted to get it off my chest. Um, my car is in the shop right now, and I feel like these dealerships just be fixing piece by piece just to get you back in there to spend more money. They talking about now I got to pay two thousand dollars because something is wrong with the inside of my engine. But oh, I just gosh. had my car fixed two months ago. Damn. Well, don't worry, cause them them dealerships are gonna about to be hit in a minute. <sighs> All those cars that they purchased overpriced, those cars are coming down in price. They're gonna be upside down. So they they gonna they gonna feel it in a little bit, and that's what they probably feeling it now. So they probably charging people for extra ish. Tell so envy you feel them, but they ain't got nothing to do with your engine right now. I know, right? And then they said the parts is only like five hundred, and the label is fifteen hundred. I can do it myself. You can't do it yourself. How you know what this woman can do? 
She might have went to trade school. I can get on YouTube. I can get on see? YouTube and see? figure out exactly what to do. That's right. All right. Figure it out, boo. Sometimes you, <laughs> you might you might have to do that to, to save some money. That's going to take you probably three weeks to do that. What, what What's wrong with the car? I mean, but that's okay. That's okay because right now my boyfriend helped me out, you know, with his car. Can that's I shout him out real quick? Yes, sure. please. Okay, I want to shout out my boyfriend, uh, Seven to Save. He also has a podcast called Porch Stories uh, on all major platforms, YouTube uh, as well, and TikTok and Instagram. All okay. right, well, thank you. Good luck, mama. Thank y'all so much. If I was y'all, i put my cash app out there just in case somebody feels, you know, want to help you okay, out a little bit. so my cash app <laughs> is uh, abady2717 if anybody want to help me because my car is literally in the shop right now. <laughs> all right, mama, have a good one. Thank you, you too. You too, now, Mama. Yeah, where Brittany Griner be getting them fresh ass outfits from? She had on the cross color jacket just now. You know, y'all be paying attention to her. I seen the first one, but I was like, I was like, did she get pulled like when she got? Yeah, did they let her get all the clothes? Must be right. I don't know. Damn. Yeah. Hello, who's this? This is um Tasha, um calling from the seven oh four. Good morning. Get it off your chest. I just want to get a couple things off my church. First, I want to say happy birthday to my boyfriend Daniel. He's thirty one. Happy birthday. Secondly, I want to give a shout out to my family, the Huntley family. My grandmother, she 89 years old. She still get around. Hey. She have 11 kids. My grandma, my mo- I mean, my mother is the 11th child. We're just a blessed family. Well, well congratulations. That's I love That's my beautiful. dad turns 80 this year. I'm, I'm I'm excited, man. And he still gets around. He still does what he does. And love him, kiss him, hug him, and give him anything they want. Yeah, that's what we do. We all just go see her all the time. I mean, all I mean, it's so many grandkids, and we all live around her. We still embrace her. She's still in her right mind. I have two kids, seven and eight. They still, you know, they get to see her. She that's can walk. Beautiful. It's just a blessing. And I pray to God I get to see 90 years on this planet. And that's you know, incredible. The great thing about it is, is FaceTime. Like, you know, FaceTime is so amazing because the grandparents can see their kids, grandkids every day and they see everything. And I love it. My mom and my dad stay on FaceTime every day. Well, That's beautiful. I love you guys. We love you Thank back. You. Tell grandma we say happy birthday. Definitely. All righty, mama. All right, bye. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and Chris Rock sat down with Kevin Hart and talked about people saying that his comedy mainly appeals to white people. Find out what his response is. All right, we'll get into that next. It's <coughs> The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. JMV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk a little Duval. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. All right, well, hopefully little Duval is okay. He posted himself on a stretcher, and he said, somebody hit me in a car while I was on my four-wheeler. Now my leg broke, and I got to get flown over to Nassau and have surgery. So hopefully everything is okay with him. Prayers up for my guy, man. He FaceTimed me uh, yesterday from the hospital when he was high off morphine. Mm-hmm. Listen, just, let's just say little Duval is forever the comedian. And that's the, the scariest part when you're on vacation and you do those excursions. That you hope that, you know, if something does happen, that, you know, whatever hospital that's close by can help you out. Because he had to fly over to another. The Nassau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another Scoot island. So We were on vacation once in Jamaica, and my friend, the four-wheeler flipped over on her arm, and she, we had to go to the hospital in Kingston. And we spent, like, eight hours in the hospital that day. Mm. Yeah, my cousin, the same thing. He, uh, a four-wheeler fell on him, and I think he broke his leg, and it was just, it was hard to get a, attention and get help, so. Yeah, I think du- Duval broke his leg, too. I think. Wow. They had to get a bunch yeah, of people to lift the four wheeler up off of her. Wow. She was screaming. 
Wow, wow, I'm wow. sending healing energy Absolutely. to my brother, uh, little Duval. Salute to my man Clay, man. Uh, and I'm just glad that my guys, my guys, still here with us. Absolutely. All right, now Chris Rock did an interview with Kevin Hart for his Peacock TV series Heart to Heart, and he spoke a lot of things. Uh, one of the things that he talked about was people saying his comedy mainly appeals to white people. When it was time to do my next special. <clears throat> I'm like, oh, oh, you think only white people like me? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to the Apollo. Mm -hmm. And there ain't going to be no white people nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to call the special biggest. This is the blackest special <laughs> you will ever see. I, I have fought battles. I've told yeah. to shut up yeah. in, in comedy clubs. It's the success of the comedian that has found a way to cross over and appeal to all. People remove the word universal and they just throw in the the word white. I, I never thought that when I came to Chris Rock's comedy. I never thought that. I'm sitting there thinking, well, I must be white because Chris Rock's comedy has been appealing to me for damn near 30 years. It's been black. I love all his stand-up specials. Yeah. Everybody Hates Chris is one of my favorite sitcoms ever, yeah. so I must be transracial because I'm black, but I highly enjoy Chris's comedy, so I guess that means I identify as white. I used to love when Chris Rock had his Chris Rock show on HBO, <laughs> Who are you talking too. talking about? That's what I'm saying. Like, people say that, and I'm always confused because Chris Rock has been so black in the mainstream for so long. I'm talking about black black. I mean, but we Kevin Hart said uh, Kevin Hart said people said similar things about him, and they talked about a lot of other comedians that were quote unquote mainstream, like Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, and Martin Lawrence. And another thing that they discussed, I've never seen it with none of those. All of those brothers are blackity black. I mean, I guess they know what people say about them. So who are these people? We are the people. Yeah, we we, we, we the, the, the people. We the consumers. If they say that they heard it, I'm sure they heard I, I, it. I don't know where they're hearing that from because Chris Rock. <laughs> First of all, you, you can't be called a white, uh, say that your comedy appeals to white people when you use cracker as much as Chris Rock used that's what I'm, That's what I was saying. <laughs> the only one that I was I was a little late on, I was a little late on Dave Chappelle. Dave, now Dave early on late. appealed to a lot of white people. That's, now that's, that's the only one. Yeah, but I think the movie Eddie, Half Baked was part of the reason for that. Half Baked, that. yeah, because Killing Me Softly was a great stand-up special, but even then he had a, a large white fan base. To me, it wasn't until he put out the Chappelle show where black exactly. people started gravitating towards Chappelle. Yeah, but everybody else there was... Blackity black, 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 from the beginning. Chris Rock was pokey. Like. Play, play, play my favorite Chris Rock drop, uh, Eddie. One time, come on, you know what I want to hear. Just in case y'all thought he wasn't black. Okay. All right, well he's getting that ready. Let's talk about what else happened in this interview. Uh, so he also talked about Kevin Hart talked about the best advice that Chris Rock ever gave him. Hit it, crack, crack ass, crack. <laughs> One of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten was from you in regards to comedy. It was, hey. Don't be local. Go be funny for everybody. And when I think about what that meant and I think about you in your prime and even in now, well, you define funny differently because you stay true to yourself. You never, you never shy away from what you feel, but you made everybody grasp what it was that you were trying to say. It was never a barrier of language of what, what does he mean? All right. Well, that is your rumor report. You can watch that whole interview again. Like we said, that's heart to heart on Peacock. I just want y'all to know that Chris Rock is back saying my favorite word, too. In the special? That's all I'm going to say. Chris Rock is back saying my... Hit it, Eddie! Cracker ass! Cracker! <laughs> I didn't know he stopped. No, he did for a while. Cause yeah. he, he even stopped doing the uh, N-word versus black people joke for a while. But he, yeah, he, 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 he wasn't saying that like that. What word? Cracker ass! Cracker! Yeah, but... Yeah, you're going to hear it a few times in this new material. <laughs> That's dope. So he just says it completely like, cracker ass, cracker? Well, I mean, not exactly in that context, but he says it a few times.
Oh, Crack ass, right, you should go see it. You should go see it. <laughs> Damn. Ego Death. Ego Death uh, tours. He's out. He's out for the rest of the year. He's out. He's on the roll. All right. Well, shout out to Chris Rock and Kevin Hart, man. And Dave Chappelle. That's right. All right. Now, front page news. What are we talking about? Uh, well, let's talk about Instagram. There's a whole thing going around, a petition. They want to bring back the old Instagram again. The Instagram sucks right now. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Wherever you're going this summer, take Audible along. Listen to best-selling audiobooks like me and my wife's Real Life, Real Love book, exclusive originals, and podcasts all in the Audible app. Take a trip with the best in audio entertainment. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash breakfast club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get into some front-page news. Yeah, shout to uh, Bun B and Chill Burgers. They're bringing burgers up here for everybody this morning. I saw he was on Good Morning America yesterday, right? Yeah, so he said he wants to stop by, just bring some burgers. He wants us to try his burgers, even if it's a bite or two. He just wants us to put that meat in his mouth. Did he get me some vegan burgers? I've been wanting a Trill Burger for a long, 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 long time. But I'm not eating a Trill Burger at 7 o'clock <laughs> yeah, in the morning. Just take a bite, one bite. No, I'm going to save it until later on, lunchtime. All right, well, there you go. not doing that. All right, where we start, Yeezy? Damn, Bun. All right, well, let's start. <laughs> that sounds like Envy playing that. Well, what, what else can he do? It You got something to go. She got something to do. I got something to do. Uh, what do I have to do? Christ. What are you talking about me for? I don't know where we going to be I'm here. You guys are the ones that Very are leaving, not plan. me. Very poor plan. He's here for don't these put that on me. On she got yeah, something do, to do. do. Yeah, I do. I have to go host Good Day New York this morning. See, you got you guys. That's not me. I didn't, don't put me in it. No, Bun's in town this morning. Shout out to Bun. Okay, there Let's you go. are. You good? I'm great. Okay. Now, Instagram, there's a petition for people to make Instagram Instagram again. Kylie Jenner posted, stop trying to be TikTok. I just want to see cute photos of my friends. Sincerely, everyone. Kim Kardashian posted it as well. And so there's also a change.org petition that they reposted to their stories. That's the petition. Yeah, Instagram sucks now. And so now it has over 150,000 people that signed it. And Adam Asuri, who's been up here before in The Breakfast Club, he's the CEO he responded, and here's what he had to say about what's happening on Instagram right now. He said, I want to address a few things we're working on to make Instagram a better experience. Please let me know what you think. The second thing I'm hearing a lot of concerns about right now are photos and how we're shifting to video. Now, I want to be clear. We're going to continue to support photos. It's part of our heritage. You know, I love photos. I know a lot of you out there love photos, too. That said, I need to be honest. I do believe that more and more of Instagram is going to become video over time. We see this even if we change nothing. We see this even if you just look at chronological feed. If you look at what people share on Instagram, that's shifting more and more to videos over time. If you look at what people like and consume and view on Instagram, that's also shifting more and more to video over time, even when we stop changing anything. So we're going to have to lean into that shift while continuing to support photos. I don't like the new timelines that they have. I'm, all of a sudden, people just start po- pulling up on yeah, my timeline. Yeah, the recommendations. I hate when it's like, yeah. I don't want to see this person. Yeah, Who yeah. is this? That's Here's what he had to say about that. The third thing I want to talk about is recommendations. Recommendations are posts in your feed from accounts that you do not follow. The idea is to help you discover new and interesting things on Instagram that you might not know even exist. Now, if you're seeing things in your feed that are recommendations that you're not interested in, that means that we're doing a bad job ranking and we need to improve. And you can X out a recommendation. You can even snooze all recommendations for up to a month or go to your following feed. But we're going to continue to try and get better at recommendations because we think it's one of the most effective no. and important ways nope. to help creators reach nope. more people. We nope. want to do our best by creators, nope. particularly small creators. Nope. And I hate it. Stop recommending and showing me content from people I don't follow. I think I've uh, beaten that, though. I think because when you block a bunch of them, 
when you like hit like five or ten of them, it'll stop showing them to you all together. I'm gonna tell you what else y'all protest. Y'all need to be protesting against those damn bots asking me if I yes. want something long and hard. Okay. Well, I mean, stop telling me you want me for breakfast. That's a that's recommendation. Of what you search. I that's get a recommendation confused. when you search something. That is not you true. You probably search that's something long and hard. That's you probably look for glizzies. Mm-hmm. That's a damn and lie. It sounds like that's a damn lie. They show you glizzies. That's a damn lie. And those and those bots attack you so fast. You think you done posted something and just <laughs> ripping. You like, oh shoot, this thing got eighty comments in twenty seconds. And then you go, and then it's just a bunch of women talking about, uh, let me uh, let me have you for breakfast. What would you do if you found me alone in a room? Call the police, white woman. What the hell are you talking about? Ask me stupid-ass questions. Yeah, they need to stop that. All that sponsored stuff, I, I really, really hate All right, it. now he also talked about full-screen IG and other things. One is, if you're seeing a new full-screen version of a feed or you're hearing about it, know that that is a test. It's a test to a few percentage of people out there. And the idea is that a more full-screen experience, not only for videos but for photos, might be a more fun, engaging experience. But I also want to be clear, it's not yet good. And we're going to have to get it to a good place if we're going to ship it to the rest of the Instagram community. Now, this is a lot of change all at once. But know that a number of things about Instagram are going to stay the same. We're going to stay committed to creators more broadly. We're going to stay committed to supporting photos. We're going to stay in a place where we try and put your friend's content at the top of feed and the front of stories whenever possible. But we're also going to need to evolve. Hey, by the way, y'all tripping, though. I, 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 I don't just want pictures on Instagram. I like the videos and reels. I think that is a great way uh, to get information out. So I, 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 I disagree with that part of it now. Are people saying they don't like having seen videos on Instagram? Because I like watching videos. No, I like the Instagram. videos too, but I like the pictures. I, the way that they do it now, people don't get to see your pictures that follow you anymore. It's, it's real weird if you, if you notice it. Like some people never get to see your pictures anymore. It's a lot of shadow banning going on. A lot on. of shadow banning, yeah. which I hate. We need to bring him back up here when when Adam gets a second because we there's so many other questions and I feel like they're not doing anything to fix it. All right, Adam, pull up. We'll see what happens. And that is your front page. Adam, I think Adam got an open door policy. I got to clear with Boosie first, but I'm pretty sure Adam can come up here whenever he want to. Mm, gotta make sure, yeah. <laughs> gotta make sure Boosie allows it. No, nah, but not. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care. It's, it's, it, it, none of these social media platforms are. You know what I mean? They can turn all of these things off tomorrow, and we just going to have to figure something else out. Because before Instagram, it was just TwitPic. Remember TwitPic? Mm-hmm. When they used to just post pictures on Twitter, and then Instagram came along, and then TikTok, all this stuff is new. It'll be something else in the next couple of weeks. Fan bases out there. It's a bunch of different platforms, man. All right. Now, when we come back, uh, who's joining us? I know they have the Aftershock documentary. Uh, Tanya Lewis Lee. Tanya Lewis Lee, yes. As well as Omari, who was featured in the documentary. His wife uh, died after giving birth. It was preventable. Mm -hmm. And they're going to talk about how black women have three to four times more likely to have issues, die during childbirth and right after. All right. And we'll get to that next. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests joining us this morning. Uh, they produced the Aftershock documentary. Tanya Lewis-Lee and Omari Maynard. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Good morning. Good morning. What's happening? Uh, all is well. Things are great. There's a lot of awesome conversation happening, especially, you know, specifically with this month being BIPOC Mental Health Month. Mm-hmm. But... Aftershock in itself is just such a dope film. I'm so excited that it's actually out now and it's streaming on Hulu. Just talk about it. It examines the uh, maternal mortality rate in America. Definitely. Especially for black women, too. And I think this is something we've discussed, how that rate is so much higher 
than white women. Yeah, uh, black women are dying at three to four times the rate of white women from childbirth complications in New York City. Uh, and it is it is a crisis. It's a national crisis that people haven't been talking about. That's why I directed and produced the film so that we could have a conversation. I'm so grateful to Amari for uh, allowing us to come into his life at a very uh, difficult time and open himself up to the cameras so that everybody can understand what it's like for a family to lose someone from childbirth complications and what it takes for someone to pick themselves up and not only heal for themselves, but also try to heal the community because that's really what Amari's doing. No, I love the fact that y'all did Aftershock from the perspective of two men because that's one of the reasons I got a doula. We went and got Latham because I saw uh, Charles Johnson. Are you familiar with Charles Definitely. Johnson? Mm-hmm. I saw Charles Johnson on CNN back in the day and I just could not imagine you know, something like that happening. And my, my second daughter was born because of an emergency C-section. Like, she was born a month early and, you know, got rushed to the hospital, did the C-section. And I it, that could have went, you know, either way. And it's from that point on, I just had, like, such an anxiety surrounding childbirth that I never wanted to be in there alone without having a, a, a doula. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, anxiety, because I think that, unfortunately, in this country and, and given this crisis, that there is anxiety and fear. And I really think that we need to shift the culture because birthing should be an exciting, empowering time for a woman and for her family. And it should not be anxiety producing. I mean, we've been birthing since forever. That's why we're all here. And I think part of the issue is that we have, you know, as technology has advanced, we have moved into more of, as a Helena Grant says in the film, a technocratic patriarchal model of birthing which can create some issues. So I, I liken it to farm to table that that now we've got to come back a little bit and look at what the midwives did back in the past and use a little bit of what they've done and a little bit of the of the medical technocratic model, but not the way it is, because that's really what's killing us. Helena Grant also talks about how when a woman is birthing a child, she's not just birthing that child, she's birthing a mother. And so the process of labor Yes, it can hurt. It can be painful. But, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of that either. That That is a process that we go through so that we are powerful mothers. I agree with you 100 percent. It's just so difficult when you go in these hospitals that are majority white driven. It's a lot of white nurses, a lot of white doctors. They're not looking at, you know, I remember one time for our third child, like they didn't even have any epidurals, like <laughs> literally in the hospital. And they were just like, well, baby's right there. You can just push it out. And I'm like. You know, yeah. like, how do you supposed to react to something like well, that? Well, yeah, no, and I, I completely agree with you. And I, I think we can start thinking about the fact that we can we can be consumers here if we can and find the right situation for you. If you want to birth <clears throat> in a hospital with a doctor, just with a doctor, you can do that. But if you want to bring a doula into that, that's great, too. You could birth in a birthing center with a midwife and a doula, maybe without an epidural, with that in mind that you're going into that process. People can birth at home with a midwife and a doula and a doctor on call if that's what makes them feel comfortable. And I really think it's about finding the right environment and the right support around a woman. Um, It should be woman-centered. And she needs to figure out what she needs around her because I agree, like you don't want to be in a hospital necessarily where there's a a bunch of white people looking at you like you're crazy, Mm -hmm. don't really believe you when you say you're having pain, Mm -hmm. Uh, you're asking for things and they're, you know, discounting you. That, That is not the type of environment anyone wants to be giving birth in. And sometimes it feels like, and you point this out too, it's like the midwife 
or the doula against the doctor. And it's not like they're working together right. in mm -hmm. tandem. Right. You know, and they should be. I mm -hmm. mean, every other industrialized nation has midwives integrated into women's health care so that women interface with the with the midwife first if there is a problem, because midwives, separate from doulas, midwives are clinicians that can do just about anything a doctor can except for cut you. The OB-GYNs are surgeons. They, they are surgeons. We need them. They're important. But they're ready to do surgery. Midwives are there to hang out and take the time and allow your body to do what it's supposed to do. And if they're working together, that's the best situation. So that if a complication occurs, you've got the doctor right there mm -hmm. who is ready to come in. But if we're not working together and in tandem, then it becomes a fight between the power. Who is more powerful, the doctor or the midwife? Uh, but we need to figure out how to work together. And even when it comes to C-sections, uh, you've spoken about how that's been on the rise. I think like 70% more C-sections are happening. Why are hospitals so quick to be like, mm. you got to get a C-section? More money. Yeah. Yeah, well. yeah, that's what it is, essentially. So we talk about in the film, the rates of C-sections, about 60%. 60% of C-sections are not needed. But like Charlemagne just said, it's about $15,000 you get for a vaginal birth. And it takes about eight to 12 hours, right, to go through that whole process. But a C-section, you make double the amount of money. It takes about 45 minutes. It's scheduled. So a doctor, and if you want to go catch scheduled. a golf exactly. court game or dinner, you can go do that. Exactly. And that's what I was just about to say. In, in the film, there's a part of it where all the nurses and doctors are in the, you know, the, the forum. And they're talking about the scheduled C-sections. But they're not talking about people by their name. It's all numbered XY2578. Schedule C-section for this time, um, XY375, she's, you know, got already had a C-section, so she needs another, like, so it's a really monetized model where it's, it's almost similar to the prison system, mm -hmm. where everybody kind of has this serial number, and that's how people are looked at, not necessarily as people, but as commodities. I thank God for information, and I thank God for, you know, Latham, because, like, I can still hear the fear in my wife's voice when she had to think about having a C-section for the second time. Mm -hmm. You know, after she had the one for our second child, they told her when she got pregnant again, she was going to have to have the another C-section. Right. And it yeah. was already mm -hmm. scheduled and everything. And just a random conversation with, with Latham. And I just asked her and she was like, no, she doesn't have to have a C-section. And so that's when she first got with Latham and Latham walked through her process and she ended up having the um, vag she did. vaginal she did. birth. Oh, you know? that's amazing. Yeah, for our third and fourth child. That so. is awesome. really amazing yeah. she was able to do that. Yeah. And like you say, she had the support of someone who was like, hold mm -hmm. on a second, we can do this. Yep. Because without that support, she's being pushed into having that, that, that C-section, which happens to too many women. All right, we got more with Tanya Lewis, Lee, and Omari Maynard when we come back. And don't forget, next hour we have Ask Yee. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can call Ye right now should help you out. You can get on those phone lines. But we got more with Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard when we come back. It's the Breakfast Love. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking with Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard. Now, another thing that you guys discuss is what happens after a woman gives birth, right? What's going on with going back to the doctor, getting checked up on? And Omari, I know for you, you feel that that death could have been prevented. Yeah, most definitely. Just throughout the entire process, Shimani was healthy. She was strong. We tried to have a VBAC as well, the vaginal birth um, after C-section. Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But 
when we left the hospital, I left with my daughter, I mean, excuse me, my, my son and my partner, you know, so I thought everything was, was fine. And the subsequent days, you know, she was complaining about chest pain. She was complaining about having um, shortness of breath. She was complaining about not being able to walk, you know, and do these certain things. And, you know, our family has been in this maternal space for a while. So her mom was like, this sounds like a pulmonary embolism. And we went to the doctor three times within that two week period to go let them know, like, this is the problem. These are the issues. This is how she's feeling. And every time we went, because of the fact that Shimani's scheduled visit for her checkup was six weeks out, they didn't look at her. Wow. They looked at the C-section that she had for Eclipse. They talked about, we went to have a visit for um, Kari and what his needs are. But every time we went out there, we were advocating and advocating and advocating. And it was still this thing where it's because of the fact that it's not her scheduled time, she they acted like seen. it was normal. Exactly. It's horrible because yeah. many of these deaths happen postpartum. And the fact that she had an appointment six weeks out and they're like, oh, no, we've got to wait for that six weeks is insane. You know, women should be checked on a few days after, a week after. Uh, they should be seen, especially after having major surgery like a C-section. And again, that's one of those things midwives do. Six weeks out is way too long. And I think we need a cultural shift in that. Women should be seen mm-hmm. much sooner before mm-hmm. that. Now, Tanya, for you, this is, I know you've produced before, but this is a directorial debut for you. So what was your passion behind this? Yeah, you know, I had been uh, working, raising awareness about the high rates of infant mortality in the United States. I started that back in 2007. You know, we have the same disparity as in maternal health, black babies die at three to four times the rate of white babies in this country before their first birthday. Uh, I found myself immersed in a world of women's health. You know, inevitably someone would tell me about someone who passed away from childbirth complications and wanted to tell a story about it. I wanted to raise awareness about it so that we can do something. I think if we don't have the conversation about what's happening, we can't fix it. And when Shawnee and Omari put out on social media an invitation for a celebration of Shamani's life, along with a conversation with the community about what was happening with Black maternal health, we reached out to film and, and they agreed. And that really began the film that you see as Aftershock. How was the process for you, Omari? Making the film? Mm-hmm. Um, it was enlightening. So we did Aftershock, our Aftershock event, on December 19th for Shimani's birthday. So this is two months after she passed. So like during that two month time frame was the darkest time of my life, honestly. Mm. Um, it was filled with uh, my deepest grief, sadness, insecurities, like all these things started coming up. And me being able to process it was, it was difficult, but what I started to do was painting. So when Tanya and Paula came and introduced this film to us. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not doing this. This is, this is, I'm not at my it's best. Again. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going through things, you know, going through things I've never been through before. But after having a conversation with Shawnee and, you know, her just kind of identifying what the opportunity was, what the possibilities could be. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that, you know, regardless of where the film went, at least we would have something documented about our family so that our kids could watch. Emotionally and uh, mentally, you know, how, how else did you process the trauma of this event other than the painting? Yeah, so thankfully I've got a, a dope community. So as soon as she passed, like I had grief counselors. Beautiful. When Shamani, when she was here, 
we'd go to couples therapy, you know. So, oh, so you was already on yeah, it. I was I was okay. on it. I was on it, uh, and I mean, not by choice, <clears throat> to be honest. You mm-hmm. know, it was something that Shimani was pushing. But you know, I went once, I went twice, and then I obviously, I, after a while, I saw the value in it. But after she passed, I stopped. I kept going to the same therapist, and then, like I said, I had family friends coming in, you know, to help out around the house and provide pampers, diapers, you know, all the things that that you would need on a day-to-day basis. But in order for me to process my grief, painting was one, but it turned into being this kind of mind-body-spirit training where I was running every day, I was working out, I was painting, I was talking to my therapist, I was talking to family and friends, just different ways to deal with the pain, deal with the grief and, and process it in a way that was positive. And like, that's kind of what I really try to push now, especially to men going through anything because we all go through our own pain. We all go through our own traumas, right? But it's so important that we speak about it, that we communicate it, and that we, you know, we do the things. And this is a, a ongoing, never ending process. I'm gonna be going through this for the rest of my life, right. you know? So it, it is really making sure that I'm being very intentional about how I wanna move my energy and use my energy. When I hear brothers like you tell your story, brothers like, you know, Charles Johnson tell his story, I'm just like, yo, way stronger than me. Because there's no way. I don't even know if I could even have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Because I don't even know when it would hit me that this actually happened. You know what I mean? And then you see your child every day. So every day you're thinking about your queen. I I honestly don't feel that way. I feel like whatever you're given, is what you're given, right? Yeah. And, you know, God doesn't make mistakes, right? We all have our own griefs, right? Minds might be a little bit deeper than than others, but when it all comes down to it, if you're going to be there for your child, yeah. you're going to be there for yourself, you're going to be there for your family, you got to do the work, you That's know? Right. And it's really that simple. That's why I respect, it com- I respect it coming from you because I know you've allowed yourself to feel. Yeah, yeah. You're not numbing, you know, yeah, the pain. Yeah, not at all, not at all. I always say that in your deepest grief, you gain your greatest growth. We have more with Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard. When we come back, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking with Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard. What would you mm-hmm. recommend to people if a woman, a family, are dealing with a complicated childbirth? They know something's wrong. The hospital is not being responsive. The doctors aren't doing what they're supposed to do. What can you do? You have options. So in the film, there was a sister, her name is Felicia. Mm-hmm. She um, went and had a an, a birth at a birthing center. But she was already, I think, 34 yeah, weeks like, in? Th- yeah, 35 she, weeks. She yeah. was at the end, you know, and she was going to the doctors, you know, to hospitals during this 35-week time period. But she decided to shift because she felt like the need wasn't there. So it's never too late. You know, so your, to your question, I think that it's so important that you understand and learn what's around you. Right, so there are places that rate hospitals based off of the amount of C-sections that they provide to their patrons. Oh, and I, as you say that, I just shout out to Kimberly Seals Aller, Definitely. who's got the Earth app that yes, is actually rated. Yeah, so, yeah, Definitely. sorry, Amari. Kimberly Earth is super app. dope, Earth app. Definitely. For those who don't know what Earth app is, it's basically like a Yelp type of... Oh, I met her. I met her at the Doula Expo. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's doing great work. And she's... So it's that platform that allows people to rate the hospitals, you know, rate mm-hmm. the doctors, rate the nurses, and then those are, that's what you should be doing. Accountability. Right? Exactly. Now, is there anything you can do, right, after everything happened, the doctors didn't do what they could, this was preventable, mm-hmm. right? So now what happens after that? Is this something that is malpractice? Like, what can somebody do afterward? 
Well, can I just say what what I think Omari and Bruce are doing is amazing. And what they are doing is activating a community. Bruce uh, is trying to bring a birthing center to the Bronx. Uh, He's already has the womb bus that is going around the Bronx. Uh, And so while unfortunately there isn't a lot that one can do for those that are gone, there are things that people can do for those of us who are here. And, you know, I see that every day in what Saber Rose and Aria mm-hmm. is is doing. But and I think I think all of us have a role to play, quite frankly. I mean, we should be paying attention to what Bruce is doing. We should be supporting that. We need more birthing centers mm-hmm. in New York mm-hmm. City. Uh, we should be paying attention to what's going on in the midwifery profession. We need more midwives. We need more black midwives. We need more black OB-GYNs. We, we do. We need more black doctors. And we need to be having the conversation so that we can all figure out how do we make it better for all of us. Absolutely. So so where did they catch Aftershock at? Aftershock is streaming right now on Hulu. And what, what do y'all hope this project does? You know, I hope that the film Aftershock, as I said, I hope it's a conversation starter. I mm-hmm. hope people watch it and talk about it. I hope people debate it, you know, if if they look at, well, Felicia had an amazing birth in a birthing center, you know, talk about how you feel about the idea of birthing in a birthing center versus a hospital. Talk about what does it mean to have a midwife. Learn more. We do, we, we cover the history of midwifery in this country. I mean, the obstetric profession really is based on taking the economy of midwifery out of the hands of black women put it in the hands of white doctors and hospitals, putting us all into their hands into hospitals and demonizing black midwives. We need to learn about our history so that we understand how we got here. Does insurance cover midwives? Insurance does not cover midwives. So we need laws. We need laws. And the good news is that there are laws Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, There's the momnibus bills that are in Congress right now working their way through. As I said, many of these deaths are postpartum. So for women who are on Medicaid, we need Medicaid to extend for at least a year postpartum. Often women who are on Medicaid, they get kicked off uh, very soon after delivery. We need to keep them on. Midwives and doulas need to get paid. They need Mm -hmm. to uh, be covered as well. So all of that, we need to figure out what's going on and vote because voting matters. Who's in office? We look at right now what's happening with the reversal of Roe v. Wade, which is going to impact black women more than it does anybody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly when it comes to maternal deaths, there is a study that just said maternal death for black women may go up 33% because of this Dobbs decision. And everybody who voted for Donald Trump twice, they're the ones that got us here. But I do like the fact that the documentary does offer some optimism and some solutions Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To move forward. And I do feel like, and Omari, thank you so much for actually participating and agreeing to do the documentary and coming up here to spread the knowledge, you know, and the word about it and being so strong for your family. Yeah, no, no problem. Thank you for having us. You know, this is a, this is a moment. I really honestly feel like the film came out at a perfect time where people are listening. Our foundation, the ARIA Foundation, you know, the art, well, ARIA in itself stands for the advancement of reproductive innovation through artistry and healing. You know, so what we're doing is we're really trying to intentionally create spaces and places and talk about and have these conversations where they weren't being had before. That's right. Make sure y'all go watch the Aftershock documentary on Hulu. Uh, Amari Maynard, Tanya Lewis-Lee, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. 
Breakfast Club. Well, R. Kelly's former manager, Donnell Russell, was convicted of falsely threatening to shoot people, and that was at a private viewing of Surviving R. Kelly. They said that it was a short phone call that was made. I actually was there that day when they emptied out the theater. They said the defendant was to the point and he was terrifying. Someone at the event had a gun and was going to shoot up the place. He wanted to keep these women quiet and he succeeded. His threat worked. So it was a screening of Surviving R. Kelly. And some of the women that were featured in that documentary were there. It was going to be a screening and then a sit-down conversation that I was hosting. And then all of a sudden, everybody get your coats and get out. Get out right now. And so everyone had to evacuate the theater. The um, documentary had just started. It was only a few minutes in. And so now he has been convicted, and he will be sentenced on November 21st of this year, by the way. All right, now Kevin Hart was on the Pivot podcast with, um, you know, Channing Crowder, Ryan Clark, and Fred Taylor. And Channing Crowder talked a lot about different things, including the fact that he goes to a nudist colony every year with his wife. Me and my wife go to a nudist colony, like, once a... (laughs) Once a year, we go to a nudist colony. What's going on? And, what? you know, we just kind of go around. You got to shave everything and show out. And especially when you shave, your shit looks bigger because you gain inches from no hair. Back up for a second. Y'all just, y'all, so y'all, y'all get down, is what you're saying. It's kind of the question, but we, we don't get down, but we just like to be around naked people together. You hear what you're saying out loud, brother? I hear what I'm saying out loud. It's just eating. You don't like to be around naked people? Be honest with you, I have no desire to be around a bunch of People I don't know just sitting there naked. That's what I said. But some people, but the women, you like you, you better strip club. I'm you willing to bet. Women. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to bet a good a good number. It ain't a lot of put together people going through this movie. <laughs> Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Can you imagine doing that? Well, I guess it's like hedonism. I've been to hedonism a couple of times. Yeah, we had a yeah. So. That used to be the, the when I used to work uh, at another radio station in New York. Uh, that used to be the the the, the destinations <laughs> trip. For radio trips. Really? Hedonism, Jamaica. Actually, Bill Bellamy was talking to me about when he went to hedonism and they had a Sunday fun day. Yeah, I've been to that. You've been to Sunday fun day? I've been to Sunday fun day. And it's, it's, it's interesting when you go to places like hedonism because literally <laughs> you can look out your window and it's just people doing regular everyday activities just butt naked. Yeah, he said they was sliding down, you know, into the pool butt yeah. naked. It's just like it's just like being on a resort, but it's just everybody naked. And you're like, damn. <laughs> I don't have the confidence of an old white man though, cause I, I don't I don't even like nobody seeing me when I get fresh out the shower. So you was out there chilling and hanging. I no, think they have the hang, crude bro. side and the nude side. From glasses? what I heard, there's a side where you can wear you clothes, and then there's another side where you have to be naked, right? Yeah, I wouldn't call what I saw glizzies. More like Vienna sausages, not the glizzy, the big joint hanging out the bun. Nah, it wasn't that. More like gym action, you know, when you see the old white man in the gym and all you see is hair. Tops the head down there. What gym you working at? You mean oh, in the shut up, you man. mean in the shower? So y'all do look at each yeah, other. That's crazy. Oh, I don't know. I gotta ask with you. I gotta be clear. All right, now Will I Am was on Skills' Hip Hop Confessions podcast, and he talked about some of his favorite rap artists, and but he doesn't particularly care too much for Biggie and Tupac. I was such a tribe. I'm such a tribe called Quest De La Soul head, right? That I don't like Tupac and Biggie. Like that kind of music doesn't speak to my spirit. Right, got you, got you. So when it's a conversation like that, it's I like I like Boogie Down Productions, mm-hmm. KRS One. If it's like Tupac or Biggie, I'm like KRS One. Right. Why? Why those two? Why those two? I'm going to the source. I'm going prior. Right. If it's Tupac and Biggie, I'm like I, I don't I don't even I don't I don't hold them up like that. Right. Right. I respect everybody's opinion. Everybody has their right to an opinion. But why will I am? Why? Why did we need to hear that 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 information? 
Why? And furthermore, Tupac and Biggie in certain songs had those same type of records. Right. Like, like no. And I, and I, I guarantee you, Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul listen to Biggie and Tupac. Keep your head up. I mean, that is a classic. What are we talking about? Sky Sky's is the, the limit. limit. Like, what are we talking about here? Will I am? Come but on, bro. He just, he just, he just didn't like Tupac and Biggie. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong. That's but he said. did say, I will say, he did say Tupac is dope. He said, don't get me wrong. He was just it's not too. like I don't think he's dope, but he's saying that's not the music that spoke to his spirit. I right. respect his opinion. I'm just saying... I don't respect his opinion. <laughs> no, nah, because you, you got to think. You think a, I'm willing to debate that. Tribe one. and 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 Karis want a different type of the rapper. Daisy Age. I loved all of that. that you know what I mean? So he just I, he just didn't. And and by the way, music is subjective, right? So different things speak to your spirit Correct. at different times. There was times Midnight Marauder spoke to my spirit. There was times Life After Death spoke to my spirit. You know what I'm saying? There was times by any means spoke to my spirit. There was times that All Eyes on Me spoke to my spirit. But like, like even me, I didn't get into KRS One until a lot later because KRS One always itched on Queens. So I was just, we just didn't like KRS One. But then oh, you're we, from Queens? Yes, I'm from Queens. So you know, I just never rocked with KRS One at first. You I know get what I mean? It. But Tribe Called Quest was in my neighborhood. I didn't like Pac early on simply because of he used to go at Mob Deep and Biggie. I was a Mob Deep and Biggie fan. Same with me. You know what I mean? But then when I actually started listening Listen to, to Pac it. and seeing, hearing all the socially redeeming value that he had in his music, I respected Same Pac. thing with Karis One. I just didn't understand. I don't, I don't you know, salute to what I am. <laughs> Alright, I'm Angela Yee and that's your rumor report. Who are you giving your donkey to, man? Four after the out. That's who you're giving it to? <laughs> Talking hedonism, I'm just asking. What is going on? What? <laughs> you're still thinking about that, huh? You want to do a radio trip. <laughs> Didn't we, where did we go? Didn't we go to Jamaica one time? It was not hedonism, bro. It was Montego Bay. Montego Bay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, four after the hour. Why, why was people naked? Four after the hour. You can um, be topless. I don't think people were Glenn naked. Thompson. <laughs> Glenn Thompson, oh, uh, a Republican lawmaker from Pennsylvania, needs to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him. Then when we did the first radio tour, they nope. tried to... Visit. I don't remember nothing. <laughs> they tried, nope. They tried to put I don't remember nothing. Room. No, right. I do not. That never happened. Oh, remember y'all they, wanted to share a room. Remember they tried to do people with roommates? I don't remember that. <laughs> I think it was voluntary for yeah, you. Yeah, I don't remember that. Right, well, no, Dunk It Days up one. next. It's the Breakfast Slow. Good morning. We want to... Charlemagne, say the gang, Dunk It Other Charlemagne. You are a donkey. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit it with the heat. Yeah, it's the Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Well, donkey of the day for Wednesday, July 27th goes to a Republican Pennsylvania lawmaker by the name of Glenn, Glenn Thompson. Now, Glenn Thompson joined the majority of his GOP colleagues in voting against a House bill that will codify federal protections for same-sex marriage. Uh, it's called the Respect for Marriage Act. Oh, yeah. You, you know what the Supreme Court uh, just did with abortion rights. That, that's, that's not stopping that abortion rights. Y'all know that, right? You have to know that, right? Okay, well, Glenn Thompson was one of the majority of GOP colleagues who voted against the bill that would codify federal protections for same-sex marriage. Uh, And that would usually be par for the course in regards to the GOP. But Glenn Thompson's vote against this might come as a surprise to some folks simply because he has a gay son. All right, not just a gay son, but Glenn Thompson actually attended... His gay son's wedding just three days after voting against the bill to protect same-sex marriage. You can't make this kind of hypocrisy up. Let's go to NBC News for the report, please. One of the Republican congressmen who voted against protecting same-sex marriage 
attended his gay son's wedding three days later. The Respect for Marriage Act passed the House last Tuesday, but 157 Republicans voted no on that bipartisan bill. Pennsylvania Congressman Glenn Thompson was one of them. He voted no. He said, nope, not going to defend gay marriage. His press secretary argued it was nothing more than an election year messaging stunt. But after his gay son's wedding in a statement, his spokeswoman said Thompson and his wife were thrilled to attend and celebrate their son's marriage on Friday mm. night as he began this new chapter in his life, adding they are very happy to welcome their new son-in-law into the family. The GOP so gangster. Ugh, I'm so impressed, not by the hypocrisy, but by the caucasity. The unmitigated goal. Listen, I'm going to always be a fan of unity and group operation. And there's not too many entities who move to the beat of the same drum like the GOP. They're not even in power in Washington, but yet they have all the power because everybody on the right, for the most part, is on the same page. Oh, the things Democrats could get done if they could simply get people in their own party to vote as one block. All right, this man, Glenn Thompson, has a gay son, and just three days after voting to not protect same-sex marriage, he just pulled up to his gay son's wedding like it was nothing. All right? Now, if you are a father who doesn't approve of your son's lifestyle and you are a lawmaker, uh, this is one way to protest. But clearly he wasn't protesting his son's wedding because he went. Not only did he go, but he said he was thrilled to attend the nuptials, and he was very happy to welcome a new son-in-law into the family. Hey, Glenn Thompson out here like business never personal. This right here just lets you know hypocrisy is the audacity to preach integrity from a den of corruption. These people will vote against protecting the rights of Americans, all the while the same community of people they are oppressing be their brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers. They don't care because they choose party over everything. All we want is for people to practice what they preach or change their speech. How you showed up for your son and his wedding, we want you to have that same energy for everyone, but we want you to have that same energy through legislation. Do it through laws, okay? Let me tell you something, man. This is why I have no faith in politics, because one party clearly knows what their agenda is, and when they are willing to vote against their family, their own flesh and blood, the rest of us don't stand a chance. Okay, if they are willing to vote against laws that strip away rights from their own family, my God, the rest of us are doomed because the other side isn't willing to do that. Okay, I used to believe hypocrites got offended by the truth. I don't believe that anymore because you can tell the truth about Glenn Thompson being a hypocrite and he wouldn't care because it's not like his vote was a secret. It's not like him attending his son's same-sex marriage was a secret. They even had their spokesperson put out a statement. They don't care what you say about them because the GOP has a plan and they are sticking to it. Please give Republican lawmaker Glenn Thompson the biggest hee-haw, even though he don't care. Let Chelsea Handler get some of this, even though Glenn Thompson don't care. That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. Let Kathy Griffin get some. Even Please give this giant Clint jar Thompson of mail okay. the biggest hee-haw. Uh, uh, that's it? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, unless you just want to play something to make me feel better. Crackle! Cracker ass crackle! Okay. Feel any better? A little bit. Do it again. Okay, okay. There you go. All right. right. I wonder how his son feels about that. Okay. That is a great question. I would like to know how his son feels about that, too. I really would. Like, you're at my wedding and then you did that? Mm hmm. I wouldn't want you at my wedding if I was. uh, But he did it after the wedding, right? He voted. 
Three, three days, days before. Oh, three days before. Three days before. And then three days later was the wedding. Yep. Yeah, I'd be like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. You say you came for the glizzies. Yeah, up next, <laughs> ask ye. 800. Good glizzies at the reception. 585 1051. If you got relationship questions, any type of questions, hang out the bun. or you want to know more about where you can find your favorite glizzy, call ye right now. I should help you out. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. What's up? It is Asky. What's up, Dominic? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. So, what's your question this morning? Uh, yes. So, I was having a problem with a coworker, and I just want to know if either like I'm overreacting, like I should say nothing, or if I should just let it slide, you know, or if I do need to say something. I mean, well, tell me what's the so, problem. Okay, so here's what happened. Like maybe like a few weeks back, uh, my coworkers are talking in a group, and you know I'm like the lone wolf. I come through when I feel like it. <laughs> so I just came and joined the conversation, and one of the older women, she's like fifty, sixty maybe, but one of the older women came in and she was like, "Hey, little girl," hey, and little girl. I was like. I was like, uh, don't little girl me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, you know, I was just playing. I didn't mean to for you. I was like, no, it's okay, but just don't little girl me. That's like rude, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, later on that day, she's like, comes in and gets me in private. And she's like, I didn't really mean to like uh, talk to you like that. I was like, I mean, that's fine and everything, you know, just. I don't like to be disrespected and da, 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 da. but in the middle of me talking she's cutting me off mm-hmm. she's like saying like oh i'm just letting you know that i'm sorry or that i'm just sorry about the situation or it's not that big of a deal i'm just sorry i'm like how are you sorry if you're cutting me off couple of things here she did apologize right right but you feel like she didn't let you speak right like let me say my piece because you're getting to say your piece Okay, so did you ever get a chance to say your piece? No, you know, I kind of just let it, uh, I just kind of let it go because like you said, she did say sorry, so it's not really something I dwell on and I don't disrespect my elders or anything like that. Like, you know. Okay, to me, this doesn't. This may be how she talks. This doesn't have to be something I feel like that, um, you know, she meant to do anything wrong to you. And you're right. Sometimes people are set in their ways and you do want to be respectful. And it feels like the fact that she pulled you to the side to apologize, even though you didn't like her apology, she did make that attempt. And so if I were you, because sometimes <coughs> when things like this happen and you let it fester, it kind of builds up and then you're going to continue to have like a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You should actually tell her, be like, listen, I do want to say I appreciate you taking the time to apologize. You know, one thing is I didn't get a chance to really speak and say what it is that I had to say and I just wanted to say XYZ and I would love for us to be able to move forward and not have any more misunderstandings in the future but I do thank you for making that effort to reach out. Well, I got to tell you why I'm bringing it up today. Okay. Because you know that was a few weeks ago and now it seems like she's the one walking around with a problem with me. Like I'm not addressing it. I'm not saying nothing about it but now it seems like there's that like tension in the room or whatever and I don't know if I should address it based on Yeah, you should. Some Sometimes these things else. are just a disconnect. I think you should definitely address it. Just say, look, I feel like there's a little bit of tension so I just would love for us because I appreciate how you came to me first to apologize for what you did 
and I want to make sure that we're able to move forward without any issues and definitely address it though because it doesn't feel like something that's not fixable Right. And things get blown out of proportion when people don't communicate. It can start here and then snowball and continue. And that feels like it's already starting. So you need to stop it now and stop it dead in the tracks. It wasn't anything that was like, uh, I can never mess with this person again. I need to leave this job and quit. But before it gets to that point, just understand your misunderstanding. Who knows? Maybe y'all will be way tighter than ever after that. Right. That part. Mm hmm. So, yes. yes. Thank you. Yee. No problem. Take care. All right. Bye bye. All right, we got more with ye when we come back. If you got questions, call up right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Uh, good morning. My name is Sean. What up, Sean? What's you your question today? So my question is, uh, me and my fiance, we've been together for a while, and uh, her mom is just seemed very dictative over her life. And we bump heads a lot. And I was just trying to see, like, what's the way to for us not to bump heads and get along since we better get married? Well, what does your um, fiancé have to say about that? Well, she she had to say that, you know, her mom is her mom. She she's, she loves her mom. Her mom is very oriented. And uh, the fact that she is elderly or old, and, and she's her mom is, like, 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she just pretty much just say that her mom is just there. They got a good bond. Okay. So you feel this way, but your fiance doesn't feel this way. Right. So really you're bumping heads with both her and her mom. Well, just, yeah. Whenever me and her mom bump heads, the mom, her mom could get at her. So then makes me and her bump heads. So yeah. So give me an example of like what makes her mom controlling. Uh, so like, we might be have a dinner date set up and going out to dinner and then have other plans after that. But her mom will call her like, "Hey, I need you. I just need some help real quick or whatever." Uh, and she'd be like, "Well, we out doing something." And her mom would be cussing her out, getting mad to where we have to stop what we're doing for her to go over there. All right, so this sounds like something that your fiancé really needs to handle with her mom, and it's not really anything that you should uh, confront the mother about. It feels like she needs to be the person that takes charge of this and figure out why is it that her mom makes her feel guilty and why she feels like she can't prioritize you at certain times if it's not an emergency, right? Right. So I feel like this is an issue that you need to talk to her about, about how she handles her relationship with her mother, because I don't think that her mom will respect it coming from you. It has to come from her own daughter and her daughter has to be willing to do that. So okay. this is all about setting boundaries, right? So what that means is for your fiance, you need to let her know, look, if it's not an emergency or if we're out and your mom is calling, you know, let her know you're in the middle of something. Tell her she can text you. Or put your phone on do not disturb if you guys are having a planned night out because that's not fair to you. And so she needs to understand there has to be some boundaries set in their relationship or else it's going to affect your relationship. Now, clearly, if there's an emergency of something that she has to handle, yes, by all means, you're supportive of that. But it's not going to be you against her mom. It should never be that. Right. You know, that's a, that's a hard thing to make somebody have to make that decision and that choice. And you really want the mom to be more... Um, you know, accepting and supportive of your relationship than combative when it comes to that, right? Because that doesn't feel good either. Right, so, I'll, okay, and what about this? Because I'm trying to uh, get her to explore her, her life. I mean, uh, 
my fiance is, is 30, so she's been here in the city all her life, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to get her to explore the city and move out of the city. But her, it's just like something against her with her mom to where her mom won't let her move out. Uh, move out the city. <laughs> her mom doesn't want her to break that cord. But does she want to move? She say no. She 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 ain't gonna move because of her mom. Her mom would be upset and mad at her if she was to leave. Well, how far are y'all trying to move? Is it some place that she could drive to where it's easily accessible? Uh, no, it would be a flight. You know that's hard. That's hard to have somebody uproot their whole life. And if you guys are getting married and can't even agree on where you want to live, that's an issue. And I don't know, are you moving just for the sake of moving her away from her mom, or is there something else going on? No, just for the sake of, uh, you know, we still young, no kids, we got great careers, and it's a whole life out there to explore. Well, why not just go on vacations? Why do you have to move right away? I mean, I that just because, uh, you know how you be in the same city, uh, like we in North Carolina, and we be here all our life, and... Uh, even if we go visit and doing all this other stuff, I mean, it's just, I just feel like there's a whole lot more out there. You know, I mean, we don't do everything here. Right. Well, look, I'll say this. Take your time. Deal with getting through this period of time, with getting married, with deciding, look, if y'all find other great opportunities elsewhere, that might be a reason to move. But if somebody doesn't want to, you can't force somebody to want to move. It has to be something that's going to make her feel like this is something I'm excited and want to do. You know, it's, it's baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Yeah, progress. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. No problem. Good luck on getting married. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough. All right. Take care. All right. Now, if you got a question for you, 800-585-1051. Now, you we got rumors on the way? Yes. And Jesus, Nice, and Meryl, their decision to part ways. We finally got a little bit of insight. We'll talk about what Meryl had to say about their split. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk VMAs. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Yes, the MTV VMA nominees are in. They have been announced, so I'll tell you some of the highlights, and it's going to take place on August 28th at 8 p.m. It's going to be in Newark at the Prudential Center. Video of the year, Doja Cat for Women, Drake featuring Future and Young Thug, Ed Sheeran uh, Shivers, uh, Harry Styles as it was, Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow, Industry Baby, Olivia Rodrigo, Brutal, Taylor Swift, All Too Well. All right, as far as Artist of the Year, that comes down to Bad Bunny, Drake, Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, Jack Harlow, Little Nas X, and Lizzo. Who you got? Lizzo. For Artist of the Year? I ain't going to lie. Bad Bunny had an amazing year, too. Bad Bunny definitely did. He broke all who, kind who, of records. Artist, again? artist of the Year? Mm-hmm. Bad Bunny, Drake, Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, Jack Harlow, Little Nas X, and Lizzo. Mm. Jack Harlow had a big year, too. Mm-hmm. I'll go Jack Harlow. All right, so those are just some of the nominees. Now, let's talk about Jesus and Mero. They have decided to split ways, and for the first time ever, one of them has spoken. Mero was on WFAN, and here's what he had to say to Keith McPherson. You know, it's just natural progression, man. You know what I mean? Like, we said on the podcast, it's Hollywood, baby. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you you develop uh, strengths and things that you want to explore and do, you know what I mean? And then, you know... Things come through naturally. Things just happen like naturally, you yeah. know. And you know, 
I'm sure D got his things that he want to do. I got my things I want to do. You know what I mean? Like, they, and they're very like specific to us because you know we've been a duo for a long time. You know what I'm saying? I, I love everything that he's done. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of just like staying like, yo, we're only going to do this one thing. You know, let's explore. Let's 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 break out. Let's let's see what 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 we do as individuals. Now, according to reports, uh, Puck News reported that Jesus and Mero's creative partnership ended over management disputes. And five sources close to the situation said that Showtime asked their manager, Victor Lopez, to no longer attend tapings or appear in meetings. Jesus allegedly took Showtime's side as the network accused Lopez of a-hole behavior. And Merrill reportedly stood by Lopez. So mm. those are just some of what sources are saying. All right, Kendrick Lamar mm. sat down with Jazzy's World TV. We love her. And he talked about a viral clip where a security guard was crying while watching him perform Love. Now, that security, Devin Sanford, was at the Toyota Center in Houston, and it went viral when someone posted a TikTok video of him crying while Kendrick performed. He has since released a statement saying, that's me in the post, y'all. This song means everything to me, and I was feeling everybody around me emotions. Definitely love getting paid to do this. Well, here is what Kendrick had to say. So I've seen so many people become very emotional after hearing your music and seeing your performances. So in what ways do you feel you've been able to positively impact people with your music? Yeah, it's really just about the feeling of it. You know, at the end of the day, past all the politics, past all the numbers, is what music make you feel, you know, how it make you feel. So to see that, and shout out to him, by the way, because I see him, bro, I was like, man, I wonder what he's going through, you know, but at the end of the day, that's how you want everybody to receive your music and, you know, make them feel good, make them feel like a moment they're attached to, it can live forever. All right, that's a beautiful thing, music that makes you feel something, right? All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, don't forget my car show, August 20th, Atlantic City. If you haven't got your tickets, get your tickets. It's going to be a family fun day. Drive on up, bring the kids, the family, your mama, your grandparents. There's going to be carnival rides, games, roller skating, double dutching, and, of course, cars, cars, cars. We're actually doing a rally from New York to Atlantic City, and all the proceeds for the rally actually go to buying kids' backpacks. So that's going to be dope. And Jadakiss just announced that he's going to be joining the rally, so I'm excited about that. Maybe we could get Styles P, Fabulous, Jim Jones, and some other people to rally with us, all right? But the cars are your favorite celebrity cars, like Meek Mill and uh, Little Uzi, 50, uh, Little Kim, Fab, just to name a few. So if you haven't got your tickets, get your tickets. And the mix is up next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Unjunk your sleep this summer at Mattress Firm's Black Friday Now sale. Save up to $600 on select mattresses from top brands, plus a free adjustable base up to a $499 value with qualifying purchase. Visit a store near you or mattressfirm.com today. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest joining us. Come this on, morning. man. It's royalty right here, man. Mm-hmm. What you talking about? We got the brother Bun B. How we doing? They false advertise me, Bun. <laughs> they called me yesterday, said, Yo, Bun is coming by the show. He wants to bring chill burgers. We were all excited. Charlemagne was excited. To I know. I was not excited. Mouth. I was yes, upset. Was. I, I actually, was upset. I actually was excited. Because I'm like, Why? This is not how I want my first chill burger. Bun, no. I be in Bun DMs. I be texting Bun. I be, how long have I been talking to you about Trill Burgers for two months? Y'all heard me on the air talking about it. I well, want a Trill Burger. And I was like, my main thing was, do y'all have vegan burgers? And you said, yes, you do. Yes, we do, but I don't have either with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I thought the chef was going to come up with me uh, last night, but he couldn't. He had to go home and get everything ready because we got a big day Friday. Now, nope. what's going on Friday for people that don't know, bud? All right, so on Tuesday uh, in Houston, good morning. Well, all of this week, Good Morning America is going around the country looking for the best burger in America. Mm. 
Uh, so they went to four different cities. Houston was one of them. I competed against a brand called Burger Chon, a really good competition. Um, but we won. And so Trill Burgers is one of four burgers that are going to compete for the best burger in America on Good wow. Morning America in Times Square. Who's the wow. judge? I have, that I don't know. Okay, so like, is there Because so, I can't talk. They won't tell us, so I can't, like, hop in the DM and shoot them a cash app. <laughs> shoot a cash app. But yeah. you don't need it, because everybody who's had the Trill Burger <laughs> loves it. They go crazy for it, so. It looks amazing. Like, yeah. I, I, it just looks like a tasty-ass, juicy-ass burger, man. We put a lot into it, you know. Uh, when I was approached by Andy Wynn and Nick Skirfield about partnering with them on this burger, I was I had been looking for an entry point into the food industry for a while, mm-hmm. and they approached me with a concept that was very easy to consistently produce, um, very easy to scale up and replicate, and when I tried the burger, I was like, yo, this is like a real good burger, can mm-hmm. it get better? And they were like, yeah, give us a couple of days, um, we think we can improve on it. When I came back and tried it the second time, I was like, I'm ready to go. And we sat around for a while trying to think of like, you know, mm-hmm. we go buns, 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 burgers. I'm like, look, <laughs> we got a brand that with 30 years of blood, sweat, and tears equity. Let's just call it Trill Burgers. Everybody will know what it is. As long as they see my face associated with the name, they'll know it's official. Mm-hmm. And we put that product out there about a, a little over a year ago at the Tastemaker Awards in Houston, uh, which is the biggest culinary rewards uh, for restaurants and chefs in the city. And we had the biggest line all night. Wow. And the momentum just built up from there. We've been traveling around the country um, doing pop-ups and catering events. And um, festivals really has been like the big one for us Mm -hmm. because a festival allows me to be in one place for three days. Um, The cultural cue point works because it's a hip-hop festival. My brand works in that space. So I'll get people to show up just on GP, just to show love. Be like, you know, well, let's just see if the burger is good. And they tried to realize the burger is great. And now they're in one place for three days. So after they try it on Friday Mm -hmm. and they like it, they come back Saturday, they bring their friends. People see the line getting longer every day. So it exponentially increases. Uh, every day through festivals, and that's been a good business model. Yeah, my fat ass definitely tried to get uh, a Trill Burger at the Black Effect Podcast Festival, but that was more for my own personal reasons <laughs> than, than everybody else. Yeah, no, I seen James Harden try it the other day, and they, they, you said before you pulled your camera out to tape him, the burger was Yeah, going. no, it's crazy. As soon as I pulled it, like, he was eating the burger. I was like, hold on, let me get my phone. Let me get some footage of this. And by the time I got the phone out, the man had one bite left, and by the time <laughs> I started recording him, he was done. Um, and it's crazy because my, my niece said, um, Uncle Bun, we're going to have to start asking for dietary restriction. And I took my nieces and my granddaughter to Rolling Loud. And all they wanted to do was meet Baby, little Baby. Right. And we got the little Baby. And Baby wanted a burger, but he doesn't like cheese on his burger. Oh, oh. right. So they got so, a So we're going to create like custom. a special Plain What's, Jane. The Plain Jane is going to be okay. like the next Trill Burger. What's gotcha. your um, favorite? What's your favorite things on the on the Trill Burger? So our menu is very simple. No, that's that's the way that we're able you, to keep it consistent. But for you, if you could customize it. What would oh, you no. Do? For me, I mean, we got my, my burger is the Trill OG Burger. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's my namesake. Uh, two slices of American cheese, two um, one-fourth pound patties, uh, two pickles, a uh, pat in the trill sauce, and a mashed right. potato roll. <laughs> and it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's man, mama's <laughs> drooling over here. And no, and it's it's an amazing burger. Like I tell people that, and people think I'm over talking, as people should. Like they should think that their mm-hmm. brand is the. Shit, but when you try my burger, you realize, yo, this burger really is the best burger in the world. What's in that trill sauce? I mean, it's a balance of ketchup and mayo, but there's also a, a third ingredient that I, I, I don't say. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was I, good. I'll get, get you close, but <laughs> I, I, I get you close, but I can't take you all the way. I knew it was good when I saw Lil Duvall eat it, and I, I, I texted Duvall. I said, "Man, is the trill burger really that good?" He said, "Nah, man, that's good." Duvall don't eat. 
That's right. what people don't realize. I got Crunchy Black <laughs> to eat a burger. Wow. And Crunchy Black don't eat food. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And he ate the whole burger. He's like, I ain't stopping till I eat this whole burger. Wow. And the first thing Paul would say, hey, man, that man don't eat food, so wow. it's got to be good. Damn. Now, we're getting a really good reaction from people, man. We got a really good product. We believe in it. We got the Trilogy Burger. We have the uh, Onion Burger, which is basically a Trilogy with smothered caramelized onions on top. And then we got the Vegan Burger, because I don't want to leave people out of this hey. process. I know a lot of people um, <laughs> in communities of color are embracing a healthier lifestyle, mm-hmm. so we want to be a part of that. We want to make sure that everybody that wants to get a Trill Burger has access to a Trill Burger and has one that they would prefer. And okay. when is that? When is that? Burgers, chicken burgers? That, that's coming. I okay. keep getting a lot of calls about turkey burgers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And turkey burger, turkey patties, um, you source different and you have to flavor different. Yeah. Um, I feel like it needs a lot more flavor. Yeah, but, but my thing is I really want to at some point try, I don't know if anybody's ever had ground lamb, but ground lamb actually holds seasoning really, really well. I love lamb. I never had ground yeah, lamb. Yeah, yeah. Now, some either. friends of mine in Houston, the E.T. Boys, they had created um, the lamb burger mm. uh, a couple of years ago. Mm. And I was like, I didn't even really like lamb until they did that. Wow. And then I tried another lamb burger, and I realized how it holds the seasoning. So we want to have a, a menu that gives everybody the opportunity to come in and try a trail burger. So, yeah, turkey burgers and chicken burgers are something that we have to consider. When's that franchise opening, though? I know the trail burger franchise coming. Yeah, no, my thing is, you know, in order to do this properly for the long run, I have to get that one door done right. You know, give it about a year, figure out my, my, my system in terms of sourcing ingredients. You know, staffing is going to be a problem as this brand explodes. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to scale how we approach this because I get calls every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every time you see somebody of uh, status and uh, of means try a Trill Burger, they go, I got bread, I got money, I want in. Because <laughs> they know this is going to work. They see me as a salesman out here working this brand myself. Mm-hmm. So they know that this thing is going to work. But it, And it would be cool to just take all this cash and infuse the company, but that would just dilute my, my shares of mm-hmm. the company. Yeah. Um, but also, man, I just want to take my time with this because... I really think I have the best burger in the world, and I just want to take the time to bring it out to people carefully. Smartly. I agree with that. Open your flagship. Make yes. sure that everything, when you do franchise, there has to be some type of quality control. Absolutely. Because it still represents the brand no matter what. So. And we want to hire from within. So we want to bring people on this team that, mm-hmm. you know, who start in our kitchen and move to the front of the house and eventually become, uh, you know, managers and district managers, regional managers, trainers, and eventually franchise owners, mm-hmm. you know. I would love to build this company from the bottom and make a whole new batch of Rich Pauls out here in the food industry. Absolutely. Well, Bun B, tomorrow he's going to be on Good Morning America. Yeah, this not, this not, it wasn't like an official conversation. No. Bun just pulled up real quick. That's right. You know, to tell and us and what's I, happening I, Friday. I appreciate it, man. Y'all have always made the door open to me. Literally, I walked in, the door was open. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but y'all have been so gracious with y'all platform for people, man. You know, y'all make yourselves available and give people a place to speak their truth and talk to the world. Now, I've always respected and appreciated it, man. And well, I want to say thank you to Bun, you know, for the, for the car shows. Bun gave me his car for Houston, and he gave me his cars for Atlanta. And I just want to say thank you. And Bun pulled up to all the car shows, signed pictures, took t- pictures with people, and walked around the car shows, talked to people, greeted people. So that means a lot to me and definitely the people and the kids out there, man. So thank you. Nah, man, I'm a people person, man. I think that's my best trait is the fact that I'm a personable and approachable. Always. Approachable, excuse me, you know. Absolutely. Well, it's Bun B. Yeah. It's the Breakfast Club. We got True the positive burgers. note when we come back. Support them on Friday. If you're in Times Square, go out and support them or watch it on television. And make sure if you're out and about, you get that Trill Burger. Now, Charlamagne, what you heading out to do? 
Well, first I want to say uh, thank you to my man Stephen Colbert, man. You know, that's home for me, uh, the Colbert Show. I, I, I go on Colbert Show all the time, but, you know, Stephen Colbert is the executive producer of my late-night talk show, Hell of a Week. Uh, second season premieres this Thursday at 11.30 p.m. right after The Daily Show, so I was on there last night, so salute to him. And I'm about to head out to go uh, host Good Day New York uh, with Roseanne Escato. Roseanne Escato. Yeah. Hey. Salute to Roseanne. Hey, That's the homie. So I'm, going to, said, I'm going to co-host, uh, co-host with her. Um, and also make sure you go get your tickets for the Black Effect Podcast Festival. It's happening Sunday, August 28th uh, in Brooklyn. We got live podcast from the 85 South show, Horrible Decisions, Just Added, Earn Your Leisure, Just Hilarious will be there, just to name a few. So make sure you go to blackeffect.com slash podcast festival to get your tickets. We got food, we got drinks, we got my man Mouse Jones doing trap karaoke, we got a business in podcasting uh, panel, a woman in podcasting panel, all kind of good stuff, man. So uh, make sure you join us on Sunday, August 28th. And my positive note is simply this, trust that what God removes is just as important as what she provides. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, our lost sister, ad-free and one week early only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today.
Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then, fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.